thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Exception with your host, Rachel Favilla. Hello, lovely ones, and welcome to The Healthy Exception, the podcast for teenagers choosing to be the healthy exception to the unhealthy rule. I'm your host, Rachel Favilla, and thank you so much for trusting me with your time and your ears today and for tuning in. And today on the show, I wanted to talk about intuitive eating because we've talked so much about real food on pretty much every podcast that we've had so far. It always seems to come up. I don't seem to be able to keep my mouth shut about food and nutrition. It is my passion. Um, but, and I, I think a few episodes ago, I said, you know, intuitive eating would be a really good topic just to talk about by itself. So I thought, okay, let's do that. We've had a few, you know, we've talked about um, sports nutrition with Steph Lowe last fortnight. We've talked about um, what nutritionists do, what naturopaths do. We've, you know, really like we've sort of been heading down this way sort of thing and that whole listening to your body and finding what works for you. So I thought it would be a really good topic and it's, it's, um, I think in this current age of information overload where we're told to go vegan, no, wait, no, actually, no, go paleo, no, no, you should do low carb, like a ketogenic diet, or maybe you should do gaps, or, you know, maybe you should just be a vegetarian, or maybe you could just eat whole foods, like who knows? Um, it can be really confusing, especially as a young person, I find we are quite vulnerable because um, we're heading into that age where with starting to actually choose our own food whereas you know up until maybe the age of 10 11 12 our parents were sort of making those decisions so sure we might get some lunch money every so often or if we went out to eat we might get to choose off the menu what we wanted but for the most part mum and dad did the shopping and they were the main you know we might nag them for things every so often but they sort of were the ones cooking the meals and packing the lunch boxes and getting breakfast and all of those sorts of things. And we, so we've never really thought about our diets. So we've never really had a say, really. It's always just been what has been provided for us. And then we get a bit older, we become teenagers and we, well, I know I got a lot more choice. And when you have a lot more choice, you sort of, and you know, I was interested in health and I'm a nutrition and I'm guessing you guys are too, because you're listening to the Healthy Exception podcast. And you're like, well, I don't just want to eat anything. I want to eat something that's good for me. But you're like, I, I think it's this sort of style of eating. I, but I'm not really sure. So you go and do maybe a bit of research. Maybe you read some magazines from the library. Maybe you watch some YouTube clips or listen to podcasts or whatever it is. And you try to inform yourself about what is the quote unquote, so I'm, this is like in air quotation marks, um, the best way to eat because you want to do right by yourself, which is fair enough. And that's what I did. But I found it really confusing because I find in the world of nutrition, everything contradicts everything. You will read one in one on one website or in one magazine or wherever it is to hear one podcast that is all about veganism and it'll tell you that you know humans don't actually need to eat animal products we can get by just fine on plant foods and it's cruel to animals to eat animal foods and we shouldn't be doing it it's cruel it's awful it's disgusting and let's just all eat raw food um you know or not raw food but um, plant-based foods forever and ever amen um, but then you'll hop onto another website and they'll be talking about how our diets should actually be 75% fat and we should be including saturated animal fats and really, um, you know, the, 
the, our ancestors from thousands of years ago, they, you know, ate a lot of animal products and, you know, had very low carb diets and we should sort of, um, sort of uh, simulate that or aim for that in our diets. And then you'll find somewhere that's sort of in between and you might go, okay, well, that sounds like a good balance between the two, but then you're still not sure because all of these resources are very convincing and very emotive and will tend to give you some, some sort of data or science or really good arguments that back it up. And so then you're back to square one and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't really know. I don't, I'm, well, should I go vegan? Should, should I go paleo? Should I go low carb? Should I do a ketogenic diet? I don't really understand it, but everyone seems to be doing it and they're saying it's like this cure-all for everything. And um, so I thought, let's talk about intuitive eating because it sort of takes the guesswork Oh, no, not the guesswork. It's, it's, a, it's a process, but it takes that fear or that indecisiveness, that confusion away. Um, so what intuitive eating is, it's about getting back to a state where you're able to listen to your body. Because when you listen to your body, you don't need to worry about whether someone thinks you, and I'm going to use quotation marks again, whether you should be a vegan or whether you should be paleo or whether you should do the gap start. You don't have to worry about that if you're listening to what your body is asking of you. Um, and the best way to get started with that is, as I was, when I've, I've said it before in the, on many episodes, is to get back to a state of real food. Because when your body is used to eating processed food, um, so things like, you know, processed breakfast cereals, so that's most breakfast cereals in the cereal aisle. There are a few good ones, um, but most are pretty, um, pretty processed. You know, anything that has wheat in it is going to be processed and sprayed with chemicals, as we found out from Cindy O'Meara, um, you know, white bread, white pasta, lollies, soft drink, chips, chocolate bars, you know, all those sorts of things. We sort of know what processed foods are. We've talked about that. So things that aren't really food, they're made by big food companies and factories and they've got additives and preservatives. When we eat that, our bodies just aren't necessarily going to be giving us the correct signals, they're going to be a bit confused. We're probably, if you go back to the gut episodes where we talked about bacteria, our gut bacteria might be a little bit distorted and we might have an overgrowth of a pathogen that craves refined carbohydrates because it's such a quick energy source for it. Because if we remember back, all bacteria, it wants to survive. So if we've got some sort of pathogenic bacteria living in our microbiome, so in, inside our gut, and it's you know, it can use refined carbohydrates really quickly and, you know, reproduce and reproduce and reproduce. That's what it's wanting and it's in us and it's going to give us signals and to tell us to eat more of that white bread, to eat more of that white pasta. Please drink soft drink because it gives me energy and I thrive on that, but it's actually not doing you any good and it can be really hard to differentiate, well, what am I wanting and what is my bacteria that, well, what's this, the bacteria that's taking up residence in my gut? What's that wanting? Um, so when you get onto real food, your um, bacterial picture in your gut, the ecosystem changes. And generally speaking, if you've got a diet that's, you know, high whole food or well, all whole foods, quite high in fiber, you know, you eat your veggies and your fruits and your nuts and your seeds and your whole grains and your legumes and, um, and legumes are things like chickpeas and beans and lentils, by the way, just in case you weren't sure, um, you're probably going to start to change over that bacteria as we have discussed before. And so then it's going to be more of the beneficial um, bacteria and whatever they're asking for is generally 
a good, uh, you can trust that. And um, you'll also probably find, you know, because your diet's higher in fiber and lower, um, the, uh, the carbohydrates lower glycemic index, which means they're digested slower, so you're not going to get hungry as often. Um, you're not going to get necessarily the same um, desperate cravings that you were before. So it's going to be a lot easier to tune into what your body wants. And from there, that's, in, that's intuitive eating. It's about going, hmm, what do I feel like? Do I, you know, and I, I do this each and every day and I find I often gravitate towards like, I really love broccoli, for example. So most nights I will have a big bowl of broccoli and I'll have it with olive oil. And at the, well, at the moment I'm putting, dressing it with olive oil. I'm seasoning it with a bit of um, seaweed salt, which is Himalayan salt with Dolph's flakes. I put black pepper and turmeric and ginger in there as well. Um, and a splash or two of apple cider vinegar just for that nice acidity, sort of acidic taste. And it's like, to me, it tastes like salt and vinegar, not salt and vinegar chips, but it's got that salt and vinegar sort of taste. So I call it salt and vinegar broccoli. And I love that. And that's like one of my go-tos at night. So regardless of what else I'm having at night, I love that. Um, at the moment, I really am loving buckwheat. I just, I crave it. So most days I'm making... I'm usually for dessert, I'm making myself a beautiful bowl of buckwheat porridge with banana and berries and nuts and cinnamon and vanilla and it's, oh, it's so yummy. I'm putting ginger in there too because it's winter and that warms me up. Um, I always crave a green smoothie in the morning. I just find it's really hydrating. Um, I've always gravitated towards pumpkin. I just I love pumpkin, whether it's roasted, whether it's in a soup. It just really works well for me. So that's sort of... For me, I don't question, oh, is um, oh, oh, is buck, oh, buckwheat's a grain, right? And oh, I should, well, it's a seed, but, you know, it sort of acts like a grain. It's not technically paleo. And, you know, there's so much, so many, so many people out there at the moment saying that paleo is the way to go. And should I feel guilty for that? Well, no, because the buckwheat makes me feel really healthy. It makes my tummy feel really good not to go too far but let's be honest it's the healthy exception podcast I tend to go too far it gives me fantastic bowel movements in the morning if you want good bowel actually no I'm not going to say if you want good bowel movements eat butt quicks it might not have the same effect on you that's something I'll get to as well talking about not how the fact that not all foods work the same for everyone um but yeah I'm not worried about that I'm not worried about oh my gosh I eat bananas and berries and dates and they have sugar in them and oh my god is that wrong because Sugar keeps getting blamed for everything and um, because they work for me. And I know that in that form, in the whole food form, with all the vitamins and the minerals and the fiber, the sugar doesn't seem to affect me. I know it did in the past when I did have an overgrowth of candida. Um, it would just, it would use absolutely any carbohydrate I gave it to keep rearing its ugly head and, and I was having anxiety and brain fog and major bloating and so back then it didn't work for me but it does now so I don't question it and um, even last year um, I had surgical complications and I, I shared this on the podcast I did with Kale Brock um, I think that was at the start-ish it came out like towards the start of this year 
Um, and I said how, yeah, last year I had surgery and there were, so there were complications and I had internal bleeding afterwards. And because of the internal bleeding, I bled into my bile duct and that obstructed the flow of bile and I ended up with gallstones. And so then I had a major intolerance to fat, um, particularly saturated animal fats, um, which I'd been eating quite a lot of because at that time or before then I'd been really, um, I suppose because of my liver disease, I'd gone for so many years with my liver disease, not my body needed, um, you know, cholesterol and good fats for healing, but I couldn't tolerate them. So my body was almost in catch up mode. And I was like, yeah, all the tallow, all the coconut oil, all the butter, let's just get it in. Cause I just had so many years of catching up to do. I just, well, I'm guessing, um, cause I craved it so much. And then once I had the gallstones, the idea of any of that made me feel sick and even, it got to the point where I didn't even want to look at meat. It's gotten to the point now where even fish, which used to be my go-to, I used to eat fish like all the time. It's not that I don't like it anymore. I just don't crave it. I crave fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and legumes and whole grains and herbs and spices and animal products at the moment aren't just, aren't, aren't doing it for me. Um, but it, I'm this, I like, I'm, I'm, I don't, I wouldn't label myself a vegan because tomorrow if I woke up and I really had this hankering for, um, you know, some lamb shanks, I would go and buy some lamb shanks and do something slow cooked. Um, there wouldn't be guilt around it, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm also not going to go, Oh, um, I should, you know, again, quotation marks, I should be eating meat because of this, you know, all this research says I should be for all the nutrition in it when my body is not giving me the cues to eat it because I've eaten meat my whole life. I know what it's like to crave meat and I'm not feeling that right now and I feel good. I don't have anemia. I'm not tired. I have plenty of energy. My, I, my immune system seems in pretty good nick. So touch wood. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to in the past, I think, you know, going back to what I was talking about at the start where, you know, I was that, you know, 12-year-old that re like started to have more of a say in what she ate and wanted to do the best for herself and was always researching and reading and trying to work out what she should do and what would be best for her. I don't necessarily do – I still research. I'm still – you know, I'm, an, I'm a nutrition student. I'm going to be a nutritionist. I'm always researching. I'm always looking through – new journal articles coming out about food. You know, I, I, it excites me, but I don't base my own diet on, um, you know, I heard a podcast and someone, so-and-so said that everyone should be doing this. I don't necessarily do that. Um, I might do, I might take that on board, but I don't necessarily go, well, I have to. Um, if my body, it, if it doesn't seem like something my body is wanting at the moment, because I, I know too well that in a month's time, two months, three months, a year, two years, what I will, what my diet will look like will probably be different. It could look the same, but it will probably be different because our needs keep evolving. But as long as I keep getting up every day and asking myself, what do I feel like today? What makes me feel good? What sort of foods am I loving at the moment? I sort of trust that I'm getting everything I need because, you know, our needs change and we have to keep evolving our diet, um, I believe, because our health doesn't stay constant. You know, there are times where we might be really stressed. And so, our bodies are probably going to be like, please give me all the antioxidants because when you're stressed, there's a lot more oxidative stress going on in your body. So if you don't have the um, antioxidants to counteract that, you can end up, you know, that could end up causing some sort of um, 
serious imbalance in your body and that could lead to an infection or um, an overgrowth or the manifestation of some inflammatory um, illness. So, you know, you want to keep it in check. So if you're really stressed and you're craving lots of um, vegetables and lots of fruits um, and maybe you're not really craving all that much, you may, maybe you normally eat quite a bit of, you know, animal protein, um, but you just all of a sudden are craving plant foods because that's where the antioxidants are, then, you know, that it's cool to go with that and trust that when you're not stressed, I mean, obviously you want to be addressing the stress, but let's be honest, sometimes we, we move house or we're, we've got a whole lot of exams or we are um, selected for a sporting team and we have to do a lot of training and then we have to do a lot of competing and that can get stressful and like we can get nervous. There are times in our lives where we're going to be stressed, so it's okay to accept that your needs are going to change during that time and to just go with that. Um, you know, there are so many examples of that. So I think it's a really good idea with intuitive eating to just take it one day at a time or one week at a time and sort of just get understanding what you sort of seem to be thriving on at the moment and going with that. And when I say thriving on it, I mean, if you have heaps of energy, you don't feel run down, you're sleeping well, your skin's really nice and clear, the whites of your eyes are really white, um, you, your tummy is comfortable so you're not bloated, you're not, you're not having crampy feelings. Um, girls, unless you're menstruating, then, I mean, you shouldn't be in too much pain when you menstruate, but there's going to be a little bit of cramping just because your uterine line, uterus lining is, is, um, is shredded, is being shredded and um, re then renewed and sloughed off. And that's, there has to be movement in that area for that to happen. So, um, but you know, really bad pain. There shouldn't be really bad stomach pain um, unless the something's actually quite wrong. Um, what else? Um, your bowel movements, like we've talked about poo before, you know, you should be doing at least one nice, normal brown long sausage formed stool a day, um, up to maybe, you know, between probably one and three a day, um, easy to pass. You know, if all these things you're ticking off and going, yep, 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 that's me, totally, I, full of beans, really healthy, can't remember last time I was sick, textbook perfect bowel motion every morning, then whatever you're doing with your diet is probably, and, and as long as it's whole foods, as long as it's real food, um, it's, it's probably fine. It's probably working for you because generally a sign that your diet is not working for you, generally it's going to be a gastrointestinal system, um, symptom first, but um, other things can be things like really low energy, poor immunity, poor brain function. Um, girls, if you're, something with your cycle goes a bit funny and changes, um, probably not so much in the preliminary stages where you've just gotten your period maybe for the first time last month and it you know might it can take several months to actually for you to develop a regular cycle but if you've had it for years and it goes a bit haywire that can be a sign of nutrition it can also be a sign of stress but remembering that stress depletes the body of nutrition so um there's sort of like what chicken or egg there um and then the more depleted you are from the stress um then the more stressed you'll be and then the more depleted. So it's sort of this vicious cycle. So it's good to keep that in check. But that's a great way. They're great little gauges um, to test how your diet is working for you. Um, and I really can't emphasize more that if you're craving a whole food, so whether you're craving a chicken soup or whether you're craving almond butter or whether you're craving bananas or whatever it is, if, if it's a real food and you really, for whatever reason, really want it, then... I know I don't know your individual situation and so I have to put a disclaimer here and go, I'm not 
you know, having a cons a nutritional consult with you and I'm not giving you specific spot on advice, but I would say from personal experience, go with it because the body is intelligent. The body is obviously wanting something in that chicken soup. It's wanting something in that almond butter. It's wanting something from those bananas. And if you're always, if you're not doing that intuitive thing and you're going, oh, but I just read an article saying bananas are too high in starch or I shouldn't have almonds or I, well, I've got almond butter, but it's, it's not activated. And, um, sorry, oh, I don't know if I should be eating it. And I really want chicken soup, but I I just read a blog post via vegan and they said I shouldn't eat meat. So, oh, I don't know, like just, you know, we're always thinking about that sort of stuff. We're not giving our bodies credit for the fact that they know a lot of the time what they want and they, they're trying to give us signs and we just have to give into that. And I think that if we can get into the habit of this and, and, and have it that philosophy of whole foods, my philosophy is whole foods and then from there, whatever my body is wanting. Um, that is honestly my philosophy. So if I, if it, if it's a whole food, it's real food, it's unprocessed, it hasn't been mucked with by man. And when I eat it, it makes me feel really good. Then I'm more than happy to have it included in my diet basically. Um, and when I have that philosophy, then it doesn't mean that I stop reading and it doesn't mean I stop researching or listening to podcasts or whatever, um, like that. But it just means that I'm not swayed in every which direction, um, and I'm not made to feel guilty for doing something currently, even if it goes against what some of the best nutritionists or naturopaths or scientists in the world are saying, because they don't know my individual situation. They're not, even though they're out there talking on a pod podcast, they don't know me. They don't know what's, what my health history is. And they're just trying to put out good generalized information for their audience, but maybe I'm not the right audience for them at the moment. So just you know, keeping that in mind and keeping in mind that your needs will continue to change. So it's best, like we talked about with Jules Galloway um, several episodes ago, you know, not to label yourself, just to really get in touch with what your body wants. And this takes a lot of practice. And especially if you are someone that has always been, you know, you like to you like to have a mentor um, in the health world or you like to follow someone and take cues from them. It can be really hard to start taking cues from within and to listen to what your body wants. It can be quite confronting, but you do get um, used to it. And I think it's a really safe way to eat as well, because there are some fantastic quote unquote diets out there, like the GAPS diet, which is very healing, but it's still a protocol and it's still not necessarily going to be perfect for you. Um, so you can go yeah, sure, I might increase the slow-cooked foods in my diet because I seem to gravitate towards those anyway. But just because something like a tomato or an eggplant or an egg even is something that's included on that protocol, if these foods don't make me feel good, I don't have to eat them just because I want to fit into that box. So it, again, it comes back, intuitive eating comes back to not trying to fit yourself into a box, but to listen to what your body is asking for. Um, and I would like to make the point that, you know, with any of these diets that we hear about, I'm not here to criticize any of them. I think that they, they all have their place and a lot of them can be therapeutic for a lot of things, but we have to understand that we all respond differently to different foods. And that's because of our, our health history, our environment, our genetics, um, our preferences, our likes, our dislikes, our psychology. There are just so many factors affecting how we respond to the foods we put into our mouths. So 
it's all very well for um, someone, for example, doing a very low-carb, high-fat diet, so a ketogenic diet to sort of put out there that that is the best gold standard and everyone should be doing it, but not everyone is going to thrive on a high-fat diet, or at least not all the time. There have been times in my life where I have thrived with a high-fat diet. I'm talking loads of coconut oil, loads of butter, lots of nuts and seeds and avocado and tallow and the fatty parts of fish and animals. I was having lots of it. Um, but it didn't work for me forever. It was just a period of my life where I needed a lot of cholesterol for healing. I needed lots of fat-soluble vitamins. Um, I wasn't I had, um, you know, back the bacterial overgrowth that weren't thriving too much on starches and cover. Sorry, the bacterial infections were thriving, um, or maybe not bacterial, the fungal infections were thriving on the carbohydrates. So therefore I wasn't thriving on them because every time I ate them, I was feeding the fungus. Um, so I had to get my energy from somewhere. I didn't really want to be getting my energy from pro excess protein because the byproducts of protein metabolism can build up and put stress on the kidneys so I really only had the choice of increasing my fats and it worked for me but it didn't work for me forever um so was the ketogenic diet good for me for a period yes but it wasn't really long term and I don't think it's great a great idea long term necessarily for anyone anyway because it just is just it's so low carb that it's so low fiber and that has a, quite a negative effect on the gut. But again, some people do it and they can do it for a longer period of time and thrive on it. And for whatever reason, maybe though that person doesn't need as much fiber. I don't know. Um, or maybe, maybe they're saying it works for them, but meanwhile, they're constipated. So like, who knows? But I think it is important to realize that all of these diets that are out there, and I just used the ketogenic one as an example, they can be fantastic, but it, and you know, some generally, Anyone promoting a diet is probably a follower of that diet themselves. And as soon as you follow a specific diet or protocol and it works really well for you, you've automatically got that bias. And it's very easy to sort of think, well, oh, this is fantastic. Everyone should be on it. And all of a sudden you're on your keyboard or you're recording a podcast or whatever and you're telling everyone to do it. And it's just important to remember that that's fantastic. Good on that person. Fantastic that's working for them. Fantastic that they're putting information out there. But it's up, up to us to go, hang on though. I'm an individual and maybe I need something a little bit different. Maybe I sort of like some of the principles of that. Maybe I could take those but leave some of the rest of it to the side because that doesn't sound like fun to me and I don't think I would thrive on that. Um, and that's, yeah, that's part of having that strong intuition and philosophy and not getting led every which way and I think that that is a really important lesson for us to learn as young people um, because social media is not going to slow down and um, you know nutrition and health is growing thank goodness it's so exciting that it's getting more mainstream but for as much as it's getting more mainstream that means we're the onslaught of um, you know articles telling us to do this diet and then do this diet and then um, manipulate this within with our nutrition and do that and biohack here and I'm sorry biohack means like experiment with your body that's not going away so in we need to really stand strong in what works for us and be willing to change as well um, but also be willing to stay the same if our body wants that and to not 
compare our diet to someone else's diet because that doesn't get us anywhere. Um, I remember I used to always do that. I had quite a limited diet because I was, I'd been quite sick. And so my body was craving the same th foods over and over because clearly those foods were high in certain nutrients that I needed. My body was not interested in a whole lot of other foods. It was like, I really want lots and lots and lots and lots, like truckloads of pumpkin. So clearly my body was just begging for those, you know, the vitamin A and the carotenoids and the antioxidants in those, um, well, sorry, carotenoids and um, vitamin A, they are antioxidants, but you know, and the gentle fiber in that. So my body was wanting heaps of that. You know, um, my body wanted lots of bone marrow and connective tissue because it was just craving collagen and gelatin um, because those amino acids were healing my gut. So I was craving that light on tomorrow. And I remember thinking, I eat such a small variety of foods compared to so many other people. Like I'm not having stir fries with like 10 different vegetables in them and I'm not having... Um, you know, salads with like all these different beans and lettuces and, you know, I'm having like pumpkin soup and broccoli and meat and um, avocado and sauerkraut and I'm doing this sort of day in, day out and that maybe that's not healthy, but my body was thriving on it and it wasn't, um, it actually stopped thriving when I forced myself to increase the variety. My body did, at that time did not want more variety and I'm not here touting, um, this isn't me touting um, really restrictive limited diets, but I'm saying that eventually, like now my diets are really varied and I eat heaps of different stuff, but it works for me. Back then I just needed a whole lot of the same thing because that was obviously what my body craved and I needed to listen to that rather than feeling like I was doing the wrong thing. Um, or my diet wasn't interesting enough and I wasn't creative enough in the kitchen, yada, yada, um, because I was comparing my diets to my friends or family members or whoever. So, um, yeah, I think it is just so important to, to eat real food and then from there really get to know what works for your body at the moment and trust that. And then maybe if you are craving a certain food, you might want to look into it and go, if you don't actually know, if you're craving it, but you're like, I don't know why I'm craving heaps of salmon, maybe go look at what's in salmon and you might go, oh, okay, I'm omega-3s. Mm, why do I need omega-3s? And you might go, well, I'm actually, I've been quite stressed for a while or um, I, I've had this skin infection and it seemed to have gotten better the more fish I've been eating. So, and you know, I think things like that are cool because that's where you can learn, that's how you can learn firsthand about nutrition. Um... But, you know, you might crave and crave and crave a certain food and not research it because you're like, I don't actually, I don't, I just trust that this is working for me. But, um, yes, I think I've probably said enough. But, yeah, the take-homes from this are eat real food and then tune in to what your body wants at the moment and trust it. If it's a real food, you know, if it's a fruit, if it's a vegetable, if it's a legume, if it's a whole grain, wheat, remember, wheat-free whole grain so it hasn't been sprayed with chemicals, um, if it's a herb or a spice or a nut or a seed or a good quality grass-fed meat or a free-range poultry um, or eggs um, or good quality organic full-fat dairy if you tolerate dairy, um, or miscellaneous items such as like, you know, raw cacao powder or some spirulina, which is a blue-green algae, if you've heard of that. I, I like it. It's a bit of a acquired taste, but um, 
I clearly, again, clearly I need something in it so my body doesn't care that, well, my taste buds don't care that it's a bit quirky because it's like, oh, spirulina makes me feel great, so I'm going to make you crave it. Um, you know, if it's something like that and it's a whole food and you're wanting a lot of it at the moment, I would trust that because, um, yeah, who knows? And if you're always going, no, I, sh I, sh I shouldn't have that because so-and-so said this or I read this somewhere, you're potentially depriving your body of something it needs. Um, so that's really great. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you are really confused and you're like, I don't know if I can trust my cravings, I, I think there's something, you know, you know your body best too. So if you're thinking there's something wrong, I'm getting lots of symptoms, I don't know what's going on, I can't recommend more highly going to see a clinical nutritionist or a naturopath um, or an integrative GP, someone, try and get someone maybe that's been recommended by someone so that you know that, you know, they're the real deal and they've actually, you know, um, so maybe like a, a family member or a friend's gone to them and they've said, yep, yeah, this naturopath or this nutritionist is really good and they've helped me so much. Maybe just go and see them and chat with them and they might go, your diet's fine. Like just, just back yourself. It's fine. I know that it's hard with all this information. I know that it's easy to read into things. Um, but, or they might go, no, you were right to come here. Um, that symptom can be due to this. And then they can help you and support you and they can, um, they can also probably support you and foster you in not getting led down all these different which ways that um, we can find via the internet. Um, yes, so thank you for tuning in today. I hope that I've made sense and I haven't gone off on too many tangents. Um, I, I just love this topic of intuitive eating. It's something I am really passionate about and I think it, it's such a it's such an awesome tool that we can all use um, because, you know, back in the day, we didn't have nutritionists. We didn't have people telling us what to eat. We just did what we ate, what we had available to us, and we ate what we felt like, and we it's, we seemed to do pretty well on it. So I think it's just, yeah, it's an awesome topic. Um, and, yeah, I hope that I've, I've done it justice and that you understand it. If not, please let me know via the Facebook page, uh, soup. Oh, sorry, all the W's dot facebook.com forward slash real soup for the real soul. You can leave me a comment there and be like, great episode, Rach. Or, Rach, you just waffled on for like half an hour and I still don't actually understand what intuitive eating is. And then I might have to try again, but hopefully you understood. Um, any other questions, comments, or feedback, I would love it. You can also provide um, on the Facebook page. Uh, probably better to do it on the Facebook page than the Wellness Couch website because I'm always going to be checking that Facebook page quite regularly. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so it automatically downloads for you each fortnight. Then you don't have to think about it. Um, if you think it's worthy and you can take the time, um, I'd love it if you could give me a, well, a five-star rating if you think I'm worthy of one, um, just because those star ratings help other people to find this podcast on iTunes. Um, and if you have time within the fortnight and you're looking for um, some reading or some recipes, um, my website is all the W's dot real soup for the real soul dot com. Um, and I'm often on there updating things and um, adding new content. So if yeah, if you'd like to get around that, I'd encourage you to. So again, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next fortnight. Bye lovely ones. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.